What a week. Does it seem like things just can't get any worse? Listen, as believers, we need a reset. Stay tuned as we talk about exactly how to do that. Plant a seed in my soul. Well, hey there, high school student or whoever may be watching this video. I know there is a lot going on, not only in the world around us, but also in each and every one of our individual lives. So I thought I would share with you how I don't lose my mind sometimes. I mean, given all that's going on in the world uh, with the news, people arguing on social media, fighting in the streets, and then all the stuff that's just happening in our own daily lives. Well, I tell you this, if I begin to think about all those, th those things and spend my time and my energy worrying and stressing and thinking about those things, I often find that my demeanor and outlook on life just gets worse, you know, and it can get hopeless at times. So it's very important that I have a reset button. You know, sometimes our computers just go haywire and it seems like for no reason. I'm sure there's a reason behind it all. But when you call the tech department, oftentimes the very first thing they ask you is, have you restarted your computer? Now, as silly as that might seem, it often does the trick, just restarting the computer. You're thinking, wait a minute, how could that actually fix whatever the problem is? I can't give you the reasoning behind it, but I can tell you as a believer, when I reset my thinking, it really does help because my mind is where the problems are. And I know that the amount of things that we stress and worry about never materialize. Lots of studies have been done on this to prove the fact. But I want to give you a couple of verses that you can turn to as sort of reset verses. The first one I want to read to you is from Philippians chapter 4. Verse 8, listen to what Paul writes here. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, why would he write that? Well, if you look at verse 6, he says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And look at what it says. The peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. So the very first thing that I need to do when I'm becoming anxious is to pray. The second thing I need to do is reset my thinking. I need to remember that God is faithful. God is faithful. God is good. And no matter what happens to me in my life, it's father filtered, meaning God is allowing something to happen in my life for my betterment, not for my destroyment. I just made up a word. I realized it. Destroyment. That's a new word. You can't look it up in the dictionary because it doesn't exist. I just made it up, literally. That's what happens sometimes when there's a lot going on. And I need this verse today as much as you need this verse. And we need to meditate on the things that are lovely and true and noble and praiseworthy. And if there's anything of any virtue, 
We can make ourselves sick sometimes thinking about the could have, would have, should have, and the things that we can't control. We can worry about those things, or we can simply trust God. Now, that doesn't negate our responsibility as Christians, okay? Because we have a responsibility to do what God has called us to do in the way that God has called us to do it. And that doesn't matter what in regards to what, we're to be obedient to God's word. But we're talking right now of the mind and the things that are happening in our minds and in our hearts. And we worry about all the things that might possibly be. But the reality is, is that we need to trust in the one that rules over the universe. God sits on his throne. He sits over the earth. And he is not moved by the things that happen on the earth. And that's why we're told here that we're to meditate, which means to think about over and over and over again things that are true. We're not to think and meditate on things that are not true. We're not to think and meditate on things that are lies and not to meditate and think on things that might happen. We're to think on facts and reality. And that's something that will keep us. Now, if we just turn over to Colossians chapter 3, and we'll look in verse 1 here. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. To set our mind on it. Okay, now there are things in the world we need to think about. We need a response to. We need a ministry to or whatever. But so the Christian life isn't this, uh, you know, experience and uh I don't know, it was just this thought where we just sit and we think about things and then we don't do anything. The Bible is very clear that we need to be doers of the word. But again, we're talking about how information in the world around us affects our brains and, and then how it affects us physically. Because when we have anxiousness and worry in our mind, it affects us physically. It takes a physical toll on our bodies and that just makes things worse. So how can we negate some of this? by meditating on God's word, by medita meditating on things that are true, on things that are lovely. Think about it. If we're thinking about things that are ugly, then nothing good is happening. Nothing good in our mind, nothing good in our heart. It's adversely affecting us. And here in Colossians 3, we're told to set our mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Again, uh, Paul's not writing to the church at Colossae and negating their human responsibility. He's, he's talking to them about their thought process because here's the reality. As you think, you will do. And as you think, it will have an adverse uh, in a bad way or in a good way on your body. And I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about thinking about things that are true. I'm not talking about just thinking happy thoughts. Oh, just think happy thoughts. You know, I'm going to focus on my navel. That's not going to help you. When you're really going through it, you know, something that could help is remembering God's faithfulness. Hey, God hasn't let me down in the past. Why would he let me down in the future? God doesn't want to destroy me through anything that's happening in my life. God's preparing me for heaven. I'm highly beloved. I know that we don't feel that. I know that sometimes we do things that cause us to think differently about that. But again, if I'm going to meditate on things that are true, I'm not going to meditate on the fact that God doesn't love me because that's not true. Satan would have you focus and meditate on the fact that God doesn't love you or he used to love you, but now he doesn't love you. Satan would love you to get, to get you to focus on 
having a works-based relationship with your Father in heaven. But see, that's not what God wants with you. He wants an unconditional relationship with you. A unconditional relationship means he loves you not based on conditions, not based on how good you think you are or how good you actually are. He loves you irregardless. If you sin and blow it, he doesn't love you less. If you're reading your Bible every day and praying, he doesn't love you more. He loves you as much as he can possibly love you, and that never changes. That's what's so amazing about God's love. And so we're to think about that fact. We're to be reminded of that fact. God is good, and no matter what's going on in the world around us, God is good. We can get our eyes on the things of the world, and it can bring us down. Or we can do what the writer of Hebrews suggests, and that's to keep our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. Think about it. If you were running a 100-yard dash or 100-meter dash, whatever it is that you would be running, I, I, mean, I guess I don't really pay attention to the Olympics enough to know what it is. I'm pretty sure it's 100 meters. But if you're running that, I mean, maybe the 100 yards is one too, but irregardless, I don't know what I'm talking about, except in this. If you're running, you're keeping your eyes on the finish line. You're not looking at your feet when you're running. You're not looking at the other people when you're running. You're keeping your eyes on the finish line. Because when you keep your eyes on the finish line, you've got a goal in mind. When I was young, I played baseball. And my coach used to tell us, no matter what, you hit that ball and it's a grounder. You hit it and it's a fly ball. No matter what, you run first base all the way through. You keep your eyes on that bag and you run it all the way through. And I can't tell you how many times one of my teammates popped a fly ball and thought it was going to get caught and start and was running and then stopped. And the person dropped the ball. And because they dropped the ball, they could have been safe at first. But, but because they stopped and they didn't run the base all the way through, the person threw them out at first base. You see, Satan's looking to throw us out. He's looking because he is the accuser of the brethren, and he's looking for things to accuse you and I of. But 1 John chapter 2 says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Isn't that amazing? It's a picture of a courtroom. God the Father is sitting on the, the bench as the judge, and Jesus is our advocate or our defense attorney. Satan is the accuser. And he's, he's saying, look at what they did. Listen to how they talk. Look at what they thought. And of course, I mean, we're guilty, right? He's not accusing us of stuff that we didn't do because God knows the truth, and so does Satan. What he's doing is he's accusing of stuff we actually did. And the Bible is, even then, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So 1 John is very clear. If you sin, repent. And God, who is faithful and just, will forgive you and cleanse you of your sin. How amazing is that? So even if today you've been wallowing in the mud as a believer, it's time to get out of the mud. It's time to have Jesus clean you up. And it's time to get back in the sheepfold where you belong. You'll never be content in the things of the world. You are meant to be content in Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ is seated. That's where your and my citizenship is first and foremost before it's anywhere else. Secondly, I'm a citizen of the United States, and I've got to live and conduct myself as a son of the King Most High, and then, secondly, as a citizen of the United States. 
and all that God would have me to do with that, to be salt and light, to stand up for truth and righteousness in a loving way. So listen, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're, you're hopeless or hopeful. I pray that you're hopeful. But I just thought I would share with you for a couple of moments the things that I always come back to when I find myself just kind of down in this world, kind of looking at the situations and not keeping my eyes on Christ. Listen, I pray that you would turn your eyes back up off the things of the world, put them back on, on Christ where they belong, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. I love you. I pray for you. I hope you stay and pray that you stay faithful until Jesus returns. And I really do hope that this encourages you in some way. Listen, until next time, keep your eyes on the sky ready to fly because Jesus could return at any moment. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week here on Grounded Podcasts. Plant a seed.